Jason saves the day. <sighs> and I was going to say, when you said you did what you normally did, I thought you were going to say, call mommy and ask her for the answer. Is that, what, is that what, what I, I normally do? No, no, I don't know. But you said, I'm going to do what I normally funny, did. That's funny. Call my mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jay, start the timer. Welcome to the Location Indie Podcast, a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, no-holds-barred look at the realities of location-independent lifestyle from two gentlemen who are living that lifestyle. I'm Trav, and I've never run a 350-mile foot race, but now I know someone who has. Wow. I am Jason. We're the co-founders of the community Location Indie. We're all about travel, location independence, and freedom. You can learn more at locationindie.com. Trav, that is insane. All right, so my sister, who is from the Philadelphia area where we grew up and where you are right now, where you grew up, although you were on the other side. We were on like the north side. You were on the west side. Um, she, I was west side. She runs... Not west Not west Philadelphia. Not west of west We're not going to go into to the whole rhyme because I know it. I could go into the whole Will, Will Smith rhyme. But uh, yeah, she does long distance running and her boyfriend is also like a crazy ultra runner. So, you know, I've heard about like the Leadville 100 in Colorado, of course, but... 350 miles dude did you just talk to somebody that that i just talked to someone so you know behind the scenes look here we're recording this podcast i just got done recording three extra pack of peanuts interviews podcast today as well so we're batching our podcast here like we teach inside location indie batching always a good thing of your tasks and i just had a girl named whitney powell and she got on and she said Oh, you know, she's all bubbly and, and excitable. And she goes, but I'm I'm a little tired. I'm like, oh, yeah, why? She says, I just got done a 350-mile, or I just got done a race between Santa Monica and Las Vegas. And I'm like, what, am I? It's like, for Santa Monica, like California? She's talking about the one that's a state away. And so I talked to her, and she's like, yep, I just got finished last night, and I went to bed, and now I woke up to do this podcast. So she did a 350-mile foot race across uh, I, uh, the desert, you know, across, I think that's Death Valley, to get to Las Vegas from Santa Monica. That is... I don't really understand how or why, but she did it. Yeah, so I can't even... I, I've tried to relate to that person. Like, I, 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 my brain shuts off after I'm running for, like, three miles. I'm like, all right, either I'm bored. I can do it. Like, probably the longest I've run is maybe six miles. And then it's just like, all right. I mean, I've done it. I've done it in a way where I feel totally like crap. I've done it in a way where I felt pretty good. Either way, I was kind of ready to do something else. Like, I don't know how you run for that long. I I don't either. And the 350 miles, you're right. Like, I know a few people have done ultras, your sister and, and some other people were talking about 100 miles. 350 miles isn't even in that ballpark, right? Like it's now in its own crazy spectrum. And I I didn't really understand. I mean, I know why she did it. She wanted to push herself and and things like that. But I I do also notice that people have been calling things foot races. And I don't know if there's a difference 
between a foot race and like a marathon or a race? Is that what just okay. what you call something that's I, a long distance? I don't know. This isn't a running podcast. I've been trying to get my sister to start one. So if she does, we'll have to get Whitney Powell on it so she 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 can break this down. I can tell you this, Trav. Earlier, I think I ate about 350 pieces of chocolate. Does that count for anything? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, hey, that's... Dude, that gives you credit in your own right, right? Like that's an achievement to to be lauded and looked upon as a success. Congratulations, Jay. Thank you very much. Um, well, I, I can imagine, you know, stepping up to to the racing line or, you know, anytime I, I could say like I've been out ru- running amongst other uh other experienced runners, even running with my sister where she's just like uh yeah, I know she's going to rock it cuz she can run like 50 mile races. And um, I'm like, okay, I got my stuff on, and I'm I'm feeling a little bit like an imposter right now. I I I know I'm not going to be able to keep up. I'm feeling a little inadequate, and uh, that is that is something we're actually going to be talking about today. Imposter syndrome. Have you? I know you've heard of it, but if you're listening, have you heard of it? I'm curious. If not, I'm going to define it in just a second. Trav, imposter syndrome. Yeah, I can't. I would feel like an imposter getting up to any race, like a 5K. I mean, I don't I don't think I've ever run further than a mile and a half at a time. I, maybe two miles, but that's probably pushing limits. So, yeah, I would definitely feel like an imposter if I was to stand up uh, and, and try to do any mm-hmm. race that involved running. Uh, I would also probably die <laughs> if I did any race uh, that involved running, at least at this point. But yeah, imposter syndrome, I think, is something that everyone has to deal with. And one of the things that we talked about in the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast with Whitney, and I, I'm not going to rehash that, but she actually brought up a good point of she was going to, she wanted to be a producer. She does all this stuff with TV. And when she got out, you know, people didn't believe her that she was a, uh, she was a producer and she was doing all these extreme sports and things like that. So she's like, yep, I made business cards that said executive producer. I made a website and basically that's how I got my start. This whole like fake it till you make it thing. And I think that there is some validity to just saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start telling people I'm doing it. And that's what then I'm going to do. Like you, you manifest yourself a little bit. Absolutely. It's a, it's a hundred percent real. And the reason why is because none of us are born with the ability to do any of this. I mean, I Travis and I didn't come out of the womb knowing how to do podcasts any more than you came out of the womb knowing how to do whatever it is that you're doing right now in your work or in your free time. You have to learn it. And there's a certain point where uh, you, you might not feel comfortable. But, all right, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Let me define this. This is according to an article on Psychology Today. It's a quick paragraph. This is, quote, a term coined in 1978 by clinical psychologists Dr. Pauline R. Clance and Suzanne A. Imes, referring to high-achieving individuals marked by an inability to internalize their accomplishments and a persistent fear of being exposed as a, quote, fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, those exhibiting the syndrome remain convinced that they are frauds and do not deserve the success 
they have achieved. Proof of success is dismissed as luck, timing, or as a result of deceiving others into thinking they are more intelligent and competent than they believe themselves to be. End quote. So there's the, uh, you could say with the dictionary definition according to psychology today. Uh, to simplify that a bit, I mean, Trav, you can add on to this. What it's saying is, like I said before, you feel inadequate. You don't feel good enough. You don't feel that you have the right to start that business or do that thing that you want to do. And we want to talk about this today because uh, Travis and I have both gone through this in our our personal lives and our business lives. And if you're out there doing a location-independent business or you're working on one or or you're currently in one, I don't think you have to be... Whatever they mean by high achieving, I don't know what that means. But if you're starting something on your own, that means you're self-motivated. And I think what it comes down to is you're going to put yourself in the position to have those types of feelings where you feel like, uh, um, why would anybody listen to me? Why should I be doing this? I, I don't know, you know, any more about this than anybody else and all those types of things. Interesting that it wasn't coined until 1978. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, obviously people have been feeling this throughout history. Every, right. uh, probably anyone who's tried to do anything when you first begin has felt like this because you're not you're not feeling like an expert. You haven't validated yourself. You haven't been validated by others. You haven't proven. You don't have a proven track record of success. Things like that. Um, so I wonder what they were calling themselves before this term imposter syndrome came out. But I wholeheartedly agree, Jay, that a lot of times people are going to sell themselves shorter than other people would. And and I actually, one of my big things when I first started teaching people a little bit about all my business and how to create businesses, even though I was just kind of starting myself um, and, and had, had some varying degrees of success, was the fact that I wanted people to take back the word expert, meaning I wanted them to truly believe and say, or maybe even if they didn't truly believe it, but say out loud that they were an expert in something because so many people are afraid to label themselves an expert because they think by saying that they're an expert, that means that they have to have all the answers. And to me, an expert only has to know more than the people that they're, that they're teaching. And of course, there's in every single facet of life, there will be someone who is better at that thing than you. Even if you are at, like you said, high achieving, if you are the top, top, top of your field, there is still probably someone out there who is better than you. And I think a lot of the big myths is that people think they have to be the best or the only one doing it in order to be an expert. And that is patently false because everyone knows something more than the, uh, you know, the general society, right? Like if, if you, if that's kind of the baseline, Everyone has something that they're better at, whether it be playing the guitar, playing basketball, recording podcasts, uh, you know, learning about the Civil War. I don't know. There's tons (laughs) of things out there. Everyone is an expert at something. That doesn't mean you're the number one in the world at it. It just means that, you know, you can speak or do it to a certain uh, level of proficiency. Except for... Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps, because nobody can swim or run faster than those guys. But <laughs> right, well, I mean, but isn't that the funny part? Is that would anyone sit there and say um, Justin Gatling or or any anyone in the Olympic? Like, let's take any Olympic sprinter. Would anyone sit there and say, "Oh yeah, well, they're not 
I mean, they're not really experts. Like, they're only second, third, mm. fifth, tenth best in the world. These are people who have beaten every single person they've ever raced their entire life until they got to the very pinnacle, yeah, right? I, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was joking around because that's sort of a different thing. And that doesn't mean that they could. T- well, that can be quantified easily, it, right? Like, qua- well, yeah, also, so. but in a way, like what we're talking about, you know, if, if you took Usain Bolt, who's the number one fastest man in the world, and you took. You know, the, the hundredth fastest man in the world, the hundredth fastest man in the world might be a much better teacher teaching other people how to run than Usain Bolt. I don't know. I don't know him personally or the hundredth fastest man in the world. But the, the point is, yes, you can be an expert at varying degrees and you can use your expertise to help others. And I think an important point, uh, I have like actually five tips to help you get over imposter syndrome that we can go over later. But, um, I think one of the, the big things is that, you can be an expert within the context of your personality. You know what I mean? I think that's one thing that scares people off. If you say, all right, I'm going to be an expert. Well, even if you're starting a location independent business, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be one of those like personal brand type businesses. So you can always bring other people in that know more than you. Maybe you're an expert at designing the systems or you're going to be really good at staying organized or motivating a team. And it doesn't have to be all about you. But if you have something where it is all about you and you're trying to, you know, market yourself as some sort of expert, you don't have to stand on a soapbox and say, um, hey, I'm like the greatest in the world at this. You know, if you could do it within the context of who you are and that's authentic and that feels right to you. And I think that's an important point because the label expert can all of a sudden intimidate, I think, uh, a, a lot of people. You know, and it certainly did for me. Like, I, I never, even though I had traveled for like, you know, over a decade and was living nomadically, I had all this experience. I still, when I started Zero to Travel, I, I still didn't feel like, um, I was an expert, even though I knew a lot of people came to me for advice on travel and everything like that, but it still felt weird. And one of the ways that, uh, I dealt with that was by, you know, creating the podcast and really just focusing on bringing other people on and facilitating a discussion and sharing my expertise along the way. But I didn't have to go and beat my chest and say, Oh, I, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. It was more just a, um, a natural way to do it for me. You bring up a very good point. I can't wait to hear your five tips. By the way, this is good. This will be the first time I hear them as well. So I'm excited to to see what you've got there. You bring up a really good point in that a lot of times when people are starting businesses, they think, especially businesses that are based around either a service, so providing a service like a, you're a photographer and you're going to take pictures, or you're building a website, or when you're providing a building a business that provides teaching someone a skill. So you're teaching someone how to be a better photographer, or you're teaching someone how to build a website, right? A lot of times when people want to do those things, and that's kind of how we recommend starting a location independent business, it's usually the best way to go about it. But the fastest providing way, at least in the short fastest, term, if you want to do it fast. Fastest yeah. way. Yeah, providing a service and or teaching someone a skill. The big misconception is that you have to be the best at that. And if you have to be the best, then you will never be able to do it because you will never be the best photographer. You will never be the best web designer, anything like that. But the point you made and that I want everyone to get really clear on is that you don't have to be the best at that. And as you mentioned, the best person might be the worst at teaching it. So if you do build it around your personality and the way that you teach and your style and the way, you know, and the, and you bring that into it, 
you could then take what you know about web design and be a much more effective teacher and maybe even be a much more effective best businessman or woman in that than a person who's a much better practitioner of that skill. Because one of the things that is really difficult to do when you're really, 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 really good at something is to teach someone who knows nothing about it. There are people who are fantastic at it. There's some people who are amazing guitar players and also amazing guitar teachers. But it's very difficult when you're so good at something to, to notch it back and be able to remember what it was like to be a beginner. So I would actually um, say that if you're someone who isn't like top, top, top level at something, it actually becomes easier for you to teach someone that skill than someone who might be even better than you because you were... You were a beginner, you know, not that long ago, or you were someone who is still learning new stuff from other people. So I actually see that as a positive thing when you're looking to teach someone something. And I did the exact same thing, Jay, when I started my site about frequent flyer miles. I started my site and writing about frequent flyer miles as I was learning about it. So I learned about it to a what now I would say is what I know now. I was I knew 5% let's say. But I started writing about it and, and talking about it because I knew I knew more than the average person. And I thought if I can write about it now, I can really help those people who are just getting into it because I'm also just getting into it. I'm only one step ahead of them. So I remember what it was like to be on step one because I'm only on step two. And then when I move to step three, I can help someone go from one to two. So it can be a built-in advantage, actually. Um, and I think it is a built-in advantage. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things or the big reasons I should say why we want to talk about this is because it's a very real thing. And and I want to drive that point home because for anybody out there that has never heard of this before, or maybe you had and you kind of forgot about it, which I can do from time to time. And I, and I get caught up in, in my own mind and I start getting worried about, Oh, can I handle this? And I don't really know what I'm doing. And like, we've never done this before. We're in our uncharted territory in, in this part of the business or that part of the business or, okay, now I moved to Norway and I have to figure out the tax situation here. I have no idea how this works. And, you know, Jason Moore, now a Norway tax expert. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like there's always stuff to figure out. So this is an ongoing battle. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because you can win this battle just by knowing, stepping outside of your mind and knowing what this is and knowing that it's, that it's a thing that people deal with that we deal with on an ongoing basis that I'm sure if you have a location-dependent business right now or any type of business or even at your regular job, if you're sitting in a cube listening to this, you're dealing with this in your own way because people are always entering uncharted territory as projects and work evolves. And there are going to be times when you just feel like you're in over your head and you are maybe not qualified, even though other people are telling you you are. And it's important to just kind of push forward. I mean, we can get in some of these tips now because I'm starting to cross the line in some of these. You want to do that? I, I do. And I, I want to hammer in your point very quickly that if you are someone who's listening to this, you're probably naturally curious. A lot of people who are entrepreneurial or want a different type of lifestyle are naturally curious. And as you mentioned, Jay, that kind of brings you on a roller coaster where you're you're at the bottom and maybe you don't know something about this certain skill and you start riding up, right? And you get to a top where then you're you're at an expert level of something and then whoosh, you want to do something different or there's another part of the business that you have to figure out and then you're at the bottom again and then you come back up to the top. So it isn't something 
that will ever go away because you're constantly trying the next thing and churning through expertise and becoming experts or more qualified in different things. So it is something to keep in mind that, you know, if you feel like you're at the bottom, guess what? I'll be at the bottom again for something that I try in a week from now that I don't know how to do. And so will Jay and so will everyone else because you're up and down and up and down. But yeah, so I want to get into your five tips for for dealing with, if you feel like an imposter, how to kind of break out of that and allow you to to flourish. Yeah, I got to take a, I'll tell you a quick story first because I, I think this is funny. But I, I, I also think it's funny that we've we've now taken uh, various items to uh, to the point. First, we, we've driven the point. We've hammered the point. Is there Are there any other verbs we're missing right now? What else could we do to the point? Could we, could we needle the point a little bit? Like kind of poke, poke at the point a little bit? I don't, Sharpen it to the point. Jam, jam it in? You know, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this goes offline too. I remember I was working as a tour manager out on running this event circuit for a long time. And then I got hired as a tour manager for a two-piece band. And the first night we were ready to go on tour, on this tour bus, I'd never managed a, a tour manager music tour before. But, you know, I knew I had tour management experience, but I still felt like an imposter. I don't know if I'm going to f- be able to figure out how to hook up, you know, all of this, you know, these wires and this, all these different things you have to do, even though it was essentially sort of the same model, a lot of the same logistics involved and, and that type of stuff. And I knew how to lead a crew and everything out on the road. But uh, we were we were getting ready to take off on tour. Uh, the band had a practice session in Williamsburg, Brooklyn at this at this uh, venue. And they had made some backdrops for the set. And we were it was like Sunday night. We were getting ready to take off. And the backdrops did not fit underneath the bus, even though they said they uh, actually somebody on the crew has said they did the measurements that these backdrops they spent like all this time making that we were taking on tour with us did not fit in the belly bins under the bus. And I just walked around to the back of the tour bus and thought, oh, my God, how am I going to solve this problem? Like they just do not fit. And started trying to make some calls, but everything's closed. It's Sunday night. There was no way to like get a trailer at that moment or anything like that. So I said, all right, we got to figure this out. So I was feeling pretty inadequate to use that word again and pretty, uh, pretty much like a rookie out there, even though I had all this experience. And of course, I eventually did what I normally do, which is, uh, use my resourcefulness as a weapon and figured out that we could actually fit these things in the bus. So we rode with them from New York to city to St. Louis. And then when we arrived like that morning while the bus was rocking and rolling down the highway, the next morning I woke up and like I called a, a U-Haul and like rented a trailer. So we ended up picking it up later that day and like using a trailer for the gigs that we did around the country. But um, Jason saves the day. <sighs> and I was going to say, when you said you did what you normally did, I thought you were going to say, call mommy and ask her for the answer. Is that, is that what I, I normally do? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. But you said, I'm going to do what I normally funny, did. That's funny. Call my mom. <laughs> yeah, um, that would be hilarious. Right. Mom, I'm stuck on the side of the road. I don't know what to do with these backdrops. Very funny. Uh, okay. Here's five quick tips. First of all, how do you get over imposter syndrome? Number one, nobody's paying that much attention to you or me or Travis. So a good lesson in all of life. It's one of those things where like we're so wrapped up in these projects that it, it, we we think it's like 
I don't know, the world's going to explode if we do it wrong or something, and it's not. And if you're really struggling with that, I'm going to add a little bit to that, and it's take the focus off of yourself. A good example of that is Location Indie, you know, the community. We, it's not about us, although we do a lot of tutorials and trainings and workshops and all different types of things, and we're facilitating a lot of these connections. We're building this platform so everybody can help each other out. So uh, that's another way to to kind of handle it. If you can't handle being the expert or being the the one, you know, you can you can take the focus off yourself and build the business in another way. Number two, you only have to know more than the people you're helping with your business. You mentioned that earlier, Trav. I I, I did this every day of my teaching career for three years. I felt like an imposter every time I got up in front of the class and started talking to kids about history or when they asked me to teach a math class, I, I really, really felt like an imposter there. But I luckily knew I didn't have that many smart kids in my class, so I could fool them into thinking I knew about it. What did I do? I had read the chapter of the book, uh, if it was history, like maybe the period before, so it was fresh in my head and I didn't forget it, and boom, I was teaching people about it. So I totally, I do this all the time. You only have to know more than the people you're teaching. And, you, and, and one cool thing that you brought up before – is also I think it really helps if you're honest about that. Maybe not if you're a teacher and telling the high school kids, but if you're teaching other people stuff. See, like, I don't have all the answers. I want to learn with you as we go. What are some of the questions you have? Let's figure it out together. That that, that breaks the ice and and puts you on a doesn't put you up on a pedestal if you feel like you're up there and you don't feel comfortable. That's there. a great point. I mean, and that's something you can always do and th- that you're always going to face. I mean, there are going to be challenges along the way where you do not know uh, what the answers are and you got to figure it out. And I just think being honest and transparent with that and authentic with that is, uh, you know, you don't have to put on this rough exterior where you're the expert on all things and you can never, ever be wrong. In fact, quite the opposite. I think people don't generally respond to that type of attitude. So it will serve you better to just be authentic at that moment and to own up to, I wouldn't say own up, but just to be honest with, with where you're at and your expertise, you know, I'm not sure about this and, and bring in somebody who is, or, you know, there's going to be varying situations. So it's too hard to run through them all. But I, I a hundred percent agree. That's, that's a great point. Moving on. Number three here, this is something that I think a lot of people that are starting out forget about, or even if you're not starting out, if you're launching something new, this is just easy to forget about. It's a simple thing. You're in control of your business. So, if you don't feel like you, I don't know, if, if you don't feel right about something or, or you put something out and and somebody wants their money back, for example, you just give them their money back. I mean, you create all of the rules. So, you know, if you don't feel like an expert in this one thing and you end up like botching a project or you don't do it to to the level that it needs to be done or that that person expected and uh, managing clients could be a whole other podcast but you know you're in control of the business don't forget that you can dictate the rules you can always give people their money back and no harm no foul and and it's it's not that big a deal i had someone ask for a refund just the other day uh they had had our frequent flyer bootcamp program for about five months, four months. And I don't usually do this. Uh, you know, well, typically people don't ever ask for refunds. And when they do, they ask for it pretty quickly. This person said, hey, I run into fi- some financial hardships, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'd like to request a refund. We have a 30-day money-back guarantee. It was outside of the 30-day money-back. So I easily could have just said no and stuck to my guns there. But I, you know, I felt like, okay, if this person is really struggling financially, I don't want to be the one that 
that hurts that, you know, I want to be in some way helping it. So I got to make the decision and I said, fine, here's your money back. So I got to break our, you know, rules. And will I do that for everyone? No. And, and was it a good business decision? I don't know, but it, it made me feel the most comfortable in that moment. And I reacted accordingly. Yeah. So if you have any worries about, you know, how somebody's going to react to what it is you're putting out there, don't worry. Don't forget you're in control. Number four, act in spite of fear. It's a cliche, but it's true because as we mentioned earlier, this is an ongoing battle. So ship it, publish it, run it, do it, whatever it is, just keep going because the imposter syndrome is never going away ever, 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 (laughs) ever. I don't know if this is your fifth point. So I'll jump in really quickly. And if it is, stop me. But also in this day and age, this digital day and age, it's much easier to get something out and change it later because you have an ebook and it's not published and on the shelves at Amazon or on the shelves at Amazon, on the shelves at Barnes and Noble right now. So if you have an ebook and you put it out to your community and there's a hundred spelling mistakes in it, uh, you know, then you get it back, you change it, you can upload it again. So it's definitely, especially nowadays, easier to go in and fix things. So you shouldn't let, we talk about this a lot. We shouldn't let perfection get to you. And that's one good reason not to, especially if, if you want it to be perfect, you don't have to worry about it. You can change it later. On to your last point. Yeah. A few shows ago, F Perfection was one of our uh, one of our shows. You can listen to that if you're just tuning in for the first time or you haven't listened to that show yet. Okay. The last one, it's easy to forget. Nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody really, really knows what they're doing. And I learned this when I was working behind the scenes with my buddy on my first location independent gig, which was a, a essentially a full-time consulting gig doing business development for a large nationwide staff event staffing company. And I remember there was a moment early on, I, I, I think in the first week when I said, uh, well, all right, so what, what should we do here? Um, and, and he just said, I, I don't know. I, I, this is the, the president, the other company. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, we just have to figure it out. And, and it was, you know, af- after that happening a few times, I realized, well, wow, there's just going to be situations where even the owner and the president who's been doing this for many, many years doesn't know what he or she is doing. And that's just the reality of the world because, again, you're not born doing these things and situations are popping up. It's an ever-evolving thing. So everybody's trying to figure it out all the time. So all the stuff you read online, you know, the tips we give, they've, they work in certain situations, uh, most situations. That's why we come up with these frameworks and these ideas. But it's go- everybody's journey is going to be a little different. It's going to evolve a little bit differently. And then how you react to it is going to be a little bit different. So... Uh, it's it's just important to remember that everybody's trying to figure it out as they go along and you're not alone. One of the keys of this show, the reason we decided to even start the show, was an unfiltered, behind-the-scenes, no-holds-barred look at the reality's location-independent lifestyle. I know there's probably some people out there who have listened to it and said, oh, I don't want to keep listening to these guys because they don't know what they're doing. And uh, Chris is going to buzz us right now. You know, a lot of people have said they, or or, yeah, you know, they don't know what they're doing or they don't have all the answers. And that's fine. The people we want listening to this show are the people who are saying, I like that they don't have all the answers because they're help, you know, they don't pretend that way. And that's exactly what we've done every time. So uh, the goal is to pull the veil back and say, yes, do we know more 
about what we're doing now, um, you know, 500 podcasts in combined between us. Yes. Do we know more now that we've run a business for three years and, and, you know, made upwards or close to maybe a million dollars in sales overall? Yes. Do we still know everything? No. And that's the beauty of it is that even people who have done it for a long time and have done it very successfully and have done it a lot. They'll, they'll usually be the first people to tell you, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing all the time. And that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was the point of the community, right? It's like everybody helps each other out so you can fill in those gaps where you where you don't know and you can get some help and support there. So speaking of the community, I got to give a quick shout out to somebody in there inside LI, Claire. Wow. I mean, I, I followed her journey. She basically got a bunch of... Well, I'll read this really quickly. So she started her own... Um, her own little challenge inspired by JC, somebody else in our community who did uh, did his own personal challenge to start up a VA, uh, a virtual assistant business in 30 days. Now she's got one going. Uh, the thread is how I'll get my first client. Follow along with my process. She's posting everything. She said, hi, Liars. I posted a thread last week wondering when I could quit my job. The result, lots of encouragement, and I decided to take the leap this week. I'm going to put in my four weeks notice this week, and I'm going to use that time to lay the foundation for my freelance business and get a client. Because I got so much wonderful encouragement from others who are in the same boat, I'm going to track my progress here, and it will keep me accountable and uh, and making constant progress because people are watching. And then she goes on and, and lays out what, what she's working on and what she's doing. Very actionable stuff. She's she's like putting the work in. I'm just really psyched for her. And it was great that she got the encouragement. You know, everybody's got to make that, own, that decision on their own or should I quit or should I not? And we've talked about that in a previous show. But anyway, she decided to do it. She's going all in on the side hustle next four weeks. And she's... She's taken off, so congratulations to Claire. Yeah, nothing to say to that, Claire, other than huge congratulations, round of applause, and thank you to the rest of the LI community who, that was a very active thread, should I, when when am I allowed to quit, or when when can I quit? Uh, lots of great advice from, from, from veterans and newbies alike in there, which just really warmed my heart, because you've got people who are building huge companies who are giving advice, and people who are also on Claire's level who are just starting out. That's what we love about the community, people on all levels. So... Thank you guys for joining us today on the LI Podcast. Thank you everyone who is in LI, all 400 or so members of you. You guys uh, make our daily lives awesome and getting to follow your journeys is one of the best things that we get to do day in and day out. So thank you all for being here and uh, we'll be chatting with you soon. Yeah, take care. Take care.